What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Experience More podcast, the podcast where we are going to talk about how living a more active, fit, healthy lifestyle allows you to experience more of the great outdoors, doing the things you love to do with those you love to do it with. My name is Jake Arvold. I am your host, and this is the Experience More podcast. (laughs) (coughs) All right. (laughs) Guys, welcome to the Experience More podcast. Super excited to be able to have you back. You're going to have to apologize my overall voice. Uh, I'm out here at the ATA uh, Archery Trade Show here in, um, where, where are we? Indianapolis. <laughs> yeah, dude, it is one in the morning and we're going to have some fun here. Okay, we've, it's like day one of the Experience More podcast uh, all over again. It's about 1 a.m. right now. Um, I'm here joined with my good friend, Jonathan, I was going to say, what's your name? (laughs) Uh, I'm here with my my good friend, Jonathan McCormick, um, also known as Redbeard Outdoors. Uh, We've been figuring out this two mic scenario system back and forth. And if you guys knew the conversations that we're having on the backside, you'd wonder if we were friends. But uh, I, I do agree that we are so. Jake um, is not technologically challenged at all. Oh no, no! You're, there, you can you can sit on that throne and have it. <laughs> I mean, that is literally all of it. So, um, super excited for you guys to be able to jump on, be a part of this this podcast, third one overall. Uh, really, just you know, starting off, can't thank you guys enough for just kind of sharing sharing the podcast, the just the overall love, the reviews, the feedback. I love the feedback. Um, this is definitely something that's going to be a going, growing thing each and every Friday, uh, really just to set people up for a good um, good experience moving into the week and just being able to control, uh, take control of their life into you know the weekend overall. And it's kind of like a little, little concept behind that. But um, definitely excited to have my man Jonathan on the podcast. Um, we've been able to build a good relationship and a relationship that was ultimately stemmed via social media, zoom calls and all sorts of different stuff. Um, but this is of course the first, first podcast with a guest on and, you know, I really couldn't think of a better guy to be able to jump in on this. Um, you know, when I think of the experience more podcast as a whole, it really comes down to, you know, living that lifestyle allows you to experience more of the outdoors, whether that is dialed into your fitness, your diet, nutrition overall. Um, but then, you know, not just looking at it as in the, the pretty face or the six pack abs, because let's be real, you know, the pretty face really <coughs> needs help in that category. Think for yourself, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look in the mirror. Um, but um, when you really think about it, it's like, how could we go through and um, really just look at living a healthier lifestyle overall? And, you know, live a lifestyle that allows us to not only pass on the outdoor heritage, but really stick around for that and the experiences that come along with it. Um, and I'm just, I'm super excited to have you here. Yeah, I really appreciate you letting me be the first guest. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Dude, we're going to, it's going to be fun. It's, there's definitely going to be a lot of shit talk that happens in the next few minutes, that's for sure. But <laughs> it's just because, because I care about you. Um, guys, when I, when I think of Jonathan, um, you know, he's someone that definitely I even I look up to in different areas, um, not all, but definitely in different areas <laughs> along lines. Um, you know, I was able and fortunate enough to be able to go through and actually take a trip with him out to Mexico this last weekend. Um, 
and you know talk about a humble dude an individual who is just stand-up character like friends family you know see him interact with numerous different people along the trip and just a, a stand-up guy across the board um and when i think about you know the journey that we've had or the conversations we've had in the the outdoor space you know he really ties the physical fitness and the outdoors together really really well and that's when when i think about the essence of this podcast it's based on that right and really trying to bridge that gap overall um and i'm excited for him to kind of be able to tell a little bit of the story um his journey his story um I'm, I'm not even going to go through and do that. I'm going to really look at shutting up here and just kind of <laughs> answering questions. So I got to get better at this piece. But, um, you know, I'd like, Jonathan, for you to go through, kind of introduce yourself, tell people a little bit about who you are, um, you know, how you got really into the, the outdoor piece, right? And then we'll kind of go into the, the fitness side of things as well. Yeah. No, well, I appreciate you having me on. Honestly, I know we, we shit talk a lot here and uh, probably more so off mic than, than we will on the mic. And, uh, you know, it, it really is an honor to, to be here on the on the podcast. And, uh, you know, First Form Outdoors uh, is, is growing. I've loved seeing the growth over the last, it's been almost two years that we've known each other. And, um, man, time flies, you know. And, and so, again, uh, thank you so much for letting me be on here. So my, my story, um, and those of you that don't know me, and Redbeard Outdoors on Instagram, uh, and I'll get into how that started. Uh, it's not as special as you may think. <laughs> not much back behind the name other than actual beard and just loving the outdoors. How much do you think it'll take to cut your beard off? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's the price? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but, you know, to be honest with you, my outdoors journey started as a kid. And uh, and I just I started in scouts, you know, and, and going – my family always went to the lake every summer. Uh, we loved camping. We loved fishing. We loved hiking as much as we could out in North Carolina. And, and of course, scouting. And, uh, and I always loved playing with animals. I always had pets. Just loved being outdoors among nature. And, um, and so as things progressed and, you know, earned my Eagle Scout. And then I went uh, to BYU for a year, moved out to Utah, and uh, then went to Mexico on a mission. Came back. And I basically, long story short, fell in love with the public land of Utah. Uh, I was on the verge of moving back to North Carolina because, again, I missed being surrounded by wildlife. And uh, other than the occasional mule deer that ventures down into the valley, uh, for the most part, you're not surrounded by wildlife in, in mm -hmm. Utah Valley. And there's a lot of, it's just dead. And yeah. I'm not used to the, to the desert, or I wasn't at that time. And I looked at the mountains, and they just weren't the same as the Appalachian Mountains. Mm -hmm. The Rocky Mountains are just... They look brown. They look dead from a, mm -hmm. from a distance. And so a buddy of mine invited me or either I forced myself in. I don't know. I can't remember. Honestly, <laughs> well, probably. I don't know how that. Like, I'm still wondering about our relationship <laughs> exactly. and how that, uh, that totally started. I actually know how that started. That falls right in line with that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, a buddy of mine at the time, I barely knew him. Uh, and he he called my wife to get a hold of me because my phone number, I guess, wasn't updated on the congregation registry because, you know, I don't like people having my phone number. So <laughs> um, anyway, she the long story short, uh, he and I started talking about some service project that he needed help with. And uh, I found out he was a hunter. And so I just asked him if I could go on a hunt, basically, is what it boiled down to. And he being an amazing he's he and 
doesn't have, or I guess he does have a podcast, uh, but he is such an amazing individual. His name is Brent Beamant, and uh, he has brought so many people into the outdoors as well. Mm-hmm. And me being outdoorsy, I went all in the moment I was able to see kind of how the mountains were out here in the West. And, and once I picked up on that, I just ran with it. I became that gear junkie. Just how can I be better at my fitness? How can I be better at, at, and, uh, basically applying the outdoors to my life here in the West. And Mm -hmm. we're blessed to have a ton of public land out in Utah. And so that's why I say I fell in love with the public land because you can drive 10 minutes and hit 10, 15 different trailheads that for at least the first mile are kid friendly. Mm -hmm. So you can even bring your kids along. You can take your time, enjoy nature, get out there in the shade uh, and actually get out in the mountains. And so that's really where my journey started. And I just kind of took it um, head on Mm -hmm. again, falling in love with the the wildlife. Uh, And then, of course, elk came Mm -hmm. a couple years later. And uh, my first encounter with elk when he he downed one with a rifle. Uh, And it just has been an amazing, amazing journey uh, up to this point. And I just have have not looked back. Yeah. It's well, it's, it's been awesome even over the, the last two years of getting to know you throughout that process, watching, you know, you go through it has been a really, really cool scenario. But then also, I, you know, one piece I really want to hit on and, and I'd like you to dive into a little bit is you being able to go through and take the time to get out into the, the woods, the mountains and just like be able to have those experiences, but really through the process because your dad I look at it as like an awesome father figure going through and really getting those like your kids involved in in the outdoors and honestly everything that you ultimately go through and do. I know you get on the phone and everything back and forth and mm-hmm. <laughs> there's definitely little jokes and things that come along with that. But, um, you know, how like when it looks for like anyone who comes on the, the podcast or might be listening, like, you know, they might look at their kids as something that keeps them from doing those different things. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, that goes into the whole fitness piece too. But, you know, with having kids, how do you approach that? Um, I mean, really make sure that you're getting them involved and just going forward with that. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's, that's a big reason why I started the Instagram page of Redbeard Outdoors. Um, mm-hmm. You know, basically, <coughs> excuse me, you have to deal with my cough. Jake lost his voice. I've got a call. Yeah, you guys, you're on a rough, <laughs> rough ride right now. That's for sure. So this is not your typical one, but we're just going to throw this in that. Uh, we X-rated <laughs> for a different reason. <laughs> this is why I like to, this is why I like to ask questions and listen yep. and not talk. Yeah, right? no, I'm putting you on the spot. It's just like <laughs> exactly. a game of who doesn't who doesn't talk like talk less. Yep. Exactly. Uh, no, so Redbeard Outdoors started because I was working in the office at the time. And uh, we'd have a random day off during the week because I refuse to work on Sundays. Um, and I let any job that I interview with, let them know that I'll work any Saturday you want. But Sundays, you know, I always wanted to have off for the family. Uh, for religious reasons, family reasons, whatever you want to call it, that was my family day, always has been. And so I would have a random day off during the week when I worked Saturdays. And we'd come back, you know, we're talking with our buddies there in the office. What did you do? This and that. And I always told them, especially during the warmer weather months, uh, that I'd go on a hike. And it kind of became a thing where they were like, oh, where'd you hike this time? And Or they were surprised that I hiked with kids. And at the time, I had a very young son um, that couldn't walk at the time. He was uh, less than a year old. And so they were a little surprised that I would take the kids on hikes. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we just kind of started that conversation of how do you get the kids involved, being fit enough to be able to carry your child if they can't walk, um, finding, you know, just good trails that the kids can go on that they can enjoy. Mm-hmm. You may not be able to get the five, six, seven miles that you may want to get in, mm-hmm. but you're able to get outside and, and incorporate that with your children so that they can also see that that's a habit. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like they may see you going to the gym or eating right, just things like that. Your kids are sponges and they soak those things up. If it, it's harder to start them as teenagers mm-hmm. um, in, in those kind of things. It's not impossible, but if you want the outdoors to be a big part of your life and you have kids or you're planning on having kids, make sure that you incorporate that from the get-go. And so uh, I started the page because I take pictures anyway. I take videos anyway, just on my phone. And I, I wanted to share that message with other people that you can get outside. And instead of using your kids as a, a detriment to not being able to get to the gym or be able to get outside, how you can incorporate the kids, mm-hmm. you know, into the outdoors. And so that was a big reason um, for for starting the brand in and of itself. And just some ideas. Again, it's just simple as not having this grand expectation that you're going to go hike the highest peak with your kids. Mm-hmm. Just spending an hour a day outside. Yep. Sometimes that can even be at the park. Yep. You may even just get to the trailhead and they find a cool stream they want to go play mm-hmm. in. Yep. Things like that and just being patient with it and maybe planning your longer hikes for a little mm-hmm. bit later. Well, I think that it's something that, I mean, I resonate a lot with it and just watching you go through that process. Because, of course, uh, my wife, Tina, and I, like, we don't have kids, right? Um, but I look at, you know, growing up central Wisconsin on the farm, it was the moments and the memories that I have the most with my dad. And, like, that entire process was... You know, I'd be at, at the door, or he's going to go work the fields, mm-hmm. right, and jump in the tractor. He's like, you coming? Right, and I would be, I mean, I'd sit in the back of his tractor and run, you know, for hours with him, right, doing that stuff. Or going up to the shop, right, working in the shop. You coming? Going out to the tree stand. You coming? Yeah. And there was never a moment where it's like, like, really when I look back at it in all of those different areas, that it was like, no, you can't. Like, you can't come. This is dad's time. Right. Mm-hmm. Like there's definitely certain things like, hey, you're not able to be a part of this piece. Right. But like when it came into those moments where there's so much opportunity to be able to have personal growth. Right. Or have those different teaching moments. Dude, it was it was always an open door. Right. And I see that a lot with you and how you raise your kids and just have that open door policy mm-hmm. overall. Um, it's something honestly I do. I, I look up to that and that piece and I just it reminds me a lot of that. So, yeah. Um, off of that kind of touching into the the fitness piece right because i don't i mean we practically have the same body type down to the same size head which is really weird (laughs) i mean it's it's really weird um (laughs) you know looking at that like i i'm born with like the fat gene right like i was the fat farm kid all the way through it um you know are you a super sexy fit individual? <laughs> nope. Definitely <laughs> no, not. Not naturally like, anyway. There's no yeah. video here, so right. we need to go through like pull up the Instagram. I'm all beard. Prove it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yep. That's the only reason that's all he shows on his in his Instagram too is the face. He yep. doesn't even show that. It's just a an image. <laughs> yep. Um but you know what what got you, you know kind of tying all this stuff together, right? I want to kind of bring it back. Like experience more podcast is going through and like how have you gone through and looked at taking control of your life to experience more of the outdoors, right? And like yep. with that control, it falls into 
of course, being a better dad, right? Being a better spouse. Um, you know, I can relate that back to me entirely there, but how has that played a role in your life? Yeah, no, uh, definitely. So, I mean, fitness has always been a part of my life and I definitely have the fat gene where, um, you know, I can put down some food and even though I work out, you know, you look at a donut, you gain 10 pounds. Yep. Uh, and that, that's kind of a thing that, that I've had to deal with. I was always a fat kid growing up and until about, I want to say it was like ninth grade, I, I slimmed out and, uh, but I've always played sports, soccer, football, baseball were my main three at home. I'd play basketball with my friends. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so basically what, what really spurred me with fitness in the outdoors uh, other than sports was that I noticed that I was holding my friends back mm-hmm. and mainly Brent. Uh, he's a pretty fit individual. He grew up in the outdoors. He, he knows the mountains like crazy. And, uh, and so I noticed that he was able to get further and then he would have to wait for me. And I hated that feeling. And mm-hmm. even though he would never yep. say anything about it, yep. um, I, I hated that. And so I really, strove to 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 lose weight Mm -hmm. um so that i could be just better in the mountains in general because whether it's muscle or fat the more you weigh in the mountains it's a detriment to being able to be quicker or what you can even pack out Mm -hmm. you know on their way out because whether it's on your back or on your stomach um you know the weight is the weight Mm -hmm. and so uh you know i went through i guess I i was listening to the mfceo project and then it turned into real AF, and uh, and then I finally jumped on with seventy five hard, mm-hmm. and this was before I even knew about first form, and and so for some and I guess Andy does a really good job of not talking about first form at used right. to never talk right. about first form right. on the podcast, yep. and now he never does ads about the amazing energy drinks that we <laughs> that we <laughs> oh, all wow. know wow. and love yeah right <laughs> come on man here come the plugs <laughs> right that um, was not an ad yeah the orange sunrise <laughs> is definitely not care. the I'm best not, one yeah, get, no it's not all right blue raspberry <laughs> die. Like that is, yeah. we can go off agree, on that for, agree, for hours and we'll never agree yep. with that but anyway um so i didn't even know about first form and I did 75 hard yep. and I love the way that I felt afterwards, not even just physically. Cause yes, the, again, this kind of a side effect that you lose weight or you hit your physical goals. If it like for me, losing weight is harder than gaining weight mm-hmm. for some people, maybe gaining, gaining yeah. muscle building, yep. whatever you want to, whatever you want to name that. And so, uh, for me, you know, I lost some weight, but mainly it was my mindset, how I was able to overcome things, how I was able to make sure I was focused and dialed on whatever goals it was with school at the time or work or family or fitness, I was able to knock those goals out. So uh, that's kind of where um, I really started my, my trajectory towards better health mm-hmm. overall. So mental and physical health and where I started to excel. And so, you know, I started noticing it by, I mean, just everything started improving. Everything got better. My job, my fitness level, my marriage, my being a dad. Like I always knew I wanted to be a dad, but even I became a better dad, being able to right. dedicate more time to my kids and, uh, and just do the things I want to do with them. So, you know, I, I lost, I ended up, Oh, I want to say it was, it was a little over a year. Mm-hmm. I ended up losing like 50 something pounds. Okay. And yep. then right around that time is when I found out about mm-hmm. first form outdoors. 
<coughs> and so I love the uh, just the camaraderie that I saw from First Form, and then of course the outdoors piece and wanting to to show people all about getting outdoors and that you don't necessarily have to be shredded. You don't have to right. be the 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 gym rat, right. but you need to understand that movement is important so that you can have a better experience in the outdoors. Exactly. And by better experiences, whatever your goal is, some people may want to go crazy and hunt elk and go backpack 10 miles deep and then hike five to 10 miles every single day and then carry a big old elk out. Some people want to do that. Some people don't, you know, some people just want to be able to, and I always say this, get on the floor with their grandkids or go out to the park with their grandkids and not be in pain when they're done playing with their grandkids. Yep. And if that's your goal, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. But either way, whatever your goals are, movement is is important and getting outside is extremely important. Mm-hmm. I think we've all recognized that, especially during the um, the vid. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. The, yeah, well, yeah, we're not even going to go down it, that road. Right. right, yeah, but like, everyone realized, I think, everyone that I've spoken with anyway, how important it is to get outside and have human interaction, but also just getting outside in general mm-hmm. and soaking up some sun, no matter if it's winter, spring, summer, fall, whatever, enjoying every season for what it is. And so that's kind of, for me, what became really important is just, even if just, if it's just on my 45 minute walk outside, mm-hmm. my kids are riding their scooters, they're playing at the park, I'm running around playing with well, them. So and I, I don't wanna cut in, but I w- yeah. really wanna hit on one piece so I don't like lose it or <clears throat> miss it here is the going in that, like, so of course we've gone through 75 hard, we, we've taken steps into the fitness piece and you said, you know, it's helped you be a better spouse or be a better, you know, father. Like I really would like, like when you say being a better spouse, like how has it helped you be a better spouse? Like what it, like, where would you feel those kind of things come out? So the biggest thing was when I hit my heaviest weight, you feel you lack energy, you're in pain. Um, you know, I, I would go to the gym every single day, like normal. I was strong, but I was fat. And so for the, for the hour that I was in the gym, I felt great. And I kind of lied to myself and said, I'm, you know, powerlifting, whatever. And like, I became very tight, right? Yeah. I say whatever, yeah, because we're the, I pow- mean, we're I, the power lifters and that's, yeah. there, there's like, I have no hit against powerlifting. No. Yeah. I got but, freaking, but that, for me, that I was me, saying I was that's lying. What I've done. I yeah. I was too. just lying to myself yep. Yep. and like, yeah, I hit the thousand pound club. That was a goal for me at yep. the time. I thought that was cool. Um, but then I realized again, at, outside of that hour in the gym, I felt yeah. like crap. I didn't, I wasn't able to do the things that I want to do well. And so, you know, that was a big thing for me. And then not having the energy to give to my kids and to my spouse. That was the biggest Mm -hmm. thing is that, that I noticed I didn't have the energy to do what I wanted to do with them. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't my best me. Right. And I was there, but I wasn't really present. And that was a big thing too, is you realize that there's a difference between being there physically and actually being present because you can be there physically. But your kids and your spouse or your significant other, whoever it is that's around you, uh, realizes whether you're there or not. Mm -hmm. And and by being there, like you're actually giving them your attention or are you thinking about something else? Are you thinking about this last social media post that you did or whatever? And so that was the biggest thing for me mentally. And that's why I say I stress the, the health. There's mental health and physical health. There's emotional health and a bunch of other things too. But for me, it was with 75 hard, live hard. I was able to recognize that I needed to be more, uh, I guess, more 
Oh, I can't say more better because that's not proper English, right? But <laughs> hey, I, hey, home, it's one, this likes homeschooler. It's, I one, yeah, it's one, it's one <laughs> in the good. morning, so yeah, I can say that, right? Yeah. But so that could be better at time management. Yeah. And and so I was able to you know get my fitness pieces in, and then again incorporating getting my kids outside mm-hmm. during my outside walk, right? Yeah. And I was either carrying them, I had a you know weighted pack on, um, I'd run around and play with them at the park. But they, that became a routine to the point where, and, and by this time I'm working from home. Right. So they knew that on dad's lunch break, we were going to the park. That's awesome. Yep. And they would ask me, hey, can we go to this park? And we'd start picking different parks that we could go to. And, um, and so that was, I guess, the biggest thing for me is that with my kids and my spouse and my wife, I was able to realize that I was able to give more because my batteries were full. Yeah. I was charged. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, uh, look at that. Like you, it wasn't looking to find the time. And I would, I mean, if you agree, agree. But <clears throat> for me, when I've done 75 hard, like it makes you realize how much time you waste and where you're actually able to prioritize that time. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, going out to, with the kids, it's like, it's not, oh, I have to do it. It's like, oh, I get to do this mm-hmm. and kind of switching that mentality. But then, um, you know, it, it's being, like you said, present in the time with your kids to where, oh, yep, they know. Mm-hmm. It's not, oh, I had to find time to go to the park with them, but it's like, no, this is the lunch break time. I'm here, and they're excited for that, and it's a cool, um, it's just a cool piece to be able to throw that side of things in there. Yeah, so. no, for sure. And that that's, again, it, what are your goals, you know? And for me, again, I always knew as a kid that I wanted to be a dad. That was a big thing for me. Um, I didn't have a career narrowed down. Some people know exactly what they want to do when they grow up. Uh, I had a couple different things that I was thinking. Still didn't end up in any of those career paths. Uh, <laughs> you know, anyone? Right, exactly. I, mean, I but, wonder. Uh, yeah, but uh, being a dad was something that I was 100% sure I was going to do, and I was going to be a damn good dad. That was the one thing that I knew for a fact. Mm-hmm. And I would, my kids would never go without. And uh, and that was one thing that – and it that's that's something that just for me – um, is a, is a non-negotiable and anyway, so that's with the 75 live hard program or 75 hard live hard program. Uh, it's just something that has allowed me to tap into something that honestly, if I hadn't done that program and it is self-driven, like I know it's a popular thing out there. People are all posting about it. It's awesome. I love that it's getting out there, but it is all self-accountable, right? If I had failed, Right. No one would have cared. Yep. No one would have known. Yep. My wife wouldn't have picked on me. No one would have cared if I had failed. 75 I think that's, the, that's the special part about it, though, right? Like, shoot, dude, we saw rigging bread pudding mm-hmm. literally oh, just yeah. the other day, and I tell you what, that oh, <laughs> fat kid was screaming loud in the back of my well, head. Yeah. And I'm, you know, you're, you know, almost final days of phase three of 75 hard. I'm three days in. And I would be lying if I didn't, in the back of my head, was thinking, oh, you know, I'm only three days in. I could start mm-hmm. day one tomorrow. The bitch voice. Yeah, oh, dude, it, she, <laughs> she got loud and she sounded really, really good. Mm-hmm. But that's where you, it, it teaches you to be able to go through and flip that switch and understand like it's more of a, um, oh, like a personal gratification to mm-hmm. be able to say no to that one thing. And it's like, you know what? Wake up tomorrow. It's like, yeah, I didn't need it. Didn't want it. Like really, it's like, did I want it? Yes. Okay, it was cool, mm-hmm. but it was a is a passing thing, and so many people make those justifications and those little things in the moment mm-hmm. 
for instant gratification to, you know, and they're not looking for the long-term side exactly. of things. Yeah. yeah. Well, for me, you looked at it and you really thought it was a good idea. For me, I looked at it and thought cancer. So like, yeah, no, but like a hundred percent because, so I used to, I used to kind of laugh about the whole being gluten free thing. Yeah. Right. It was funny. Cause <laughs> yeah, I, I exactly. did it and karma, Soft. karma's a bitch. Cause Soft. yeah, exactly. So like for me, you know, that, that was a big help. If you, if you want to lose weight guys, go gluten free. Cause like, yeah. <laughs> and do it for a re for an actual right. health reason. Not right. just, not just for fun. No, yeah. I I'm joking about that. But in all reality, like I, I was diagnosed with, they basically said, treat like I have celiac mm -hmm. cut out wheat completely and uh and so for me now like people are like well don't didn't you used to love pasta and pizza I'm like yeah I love those things but now I honestly like it's just a it's weird what our minds can do and I literally have trained my mind since I got diagnosed with that to look at wheat and think cancer like that's just the well, explain that me. like when you say that why is that because a lot of people yeah. be like are you are you tying gluten to cancer yeah, like what yeah. is like what are you what are so, you looking at? So there? basically, long term, if you have celiac and mm. you don't, uh, you don't treat it. It's just like with diabetes, pre-diabetes, mm. right? If you don't treat it like you have diabetes, you eventually develop diabetes. Well, they told me to treat it like I have celiac. Celiac eventually leads to different cancers uh, and, and issues with your intestines, mm -hmm. um, leaky gut syndrome, a whole bunch of things that go along with it that I don't want to have to deal with. Right. And so, right. just in my mind, I'm like, again wanted to experience more going back to this podcast yep. or just uh enjoy the outdoors enjoy my family be around for as long yep. as possible there's things that you can't control and there's things that you can yep. controlling the controllables is a big 100%. thing too that i've learned with 75 hard live hard the books that i've read through those programs and uh and one thing that i can control mm -hmm. is not eating wheat yep. now can i control other things no maybe you know i could eventually get cancer in some other way but I'll know for a fact I treated my celiac properly and mm -hmm. I did what I could. Right. Yep. And so that's for me, I just have trained my brain to think wheat equals cancer. That's not necessarily proven. Right. Right. But for me and my health, that's the way I've trained my brain to, to go about it. Right. Well, it's kind of like it <clears throat> kind of goes into the, the, the conversation we had a little bit earlier in that and um, to where it's like, you have to, you know, if you want to be the fit or the healthy person, mm -hmm. you have to go through and pretend you're that person. Like, what mm -hmm. would that person do? And eventually, you become that person, right? It's just like falling asleep. You lay down in your bed, you mm -hmm. pretend you're asleep, and next thing you know, you wake up, mm -hmm. right? So it's like, it's taking that little action on a step-to-step -step basis to where, all right, you're gonna get cancer if you go through and eat it. It's like just wards you off it. So I can I can agree with that. It's a cool mind mind, mind game. Trick. But there's a lot of people that I think can benefit from that. And just take that into a lot of different practices in many different areas within their life. It's like, hey, I'm going to do the things that would make, you know, make myself a good spouse. Right. I'm going to do the things that make my like, what would a good father do? Mm -hmm. Right. And just start acting on those little things back yeah. and forth. So exactly. Yeah. And so. it's, you know, good. Just you can apply that to anything uh, like when you're when you're cutting out calories, for example, and you're wanting to lose weight. Um, preferably lose fat, not just mm -hmm. weight in general. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, when you're wanting to lose fat, another thing that I tell myself is, you know, I look at something that won't fit my calorie count and I know it won't. And I just think, well, do you want to be fat or do you not want to be fat? You know, it's just, it, again, you have those conversations in your brain, take a step back instead of reaching for that thing that you don't need. Right. right? 
and when you're sitting there at the table, everyone else is eating XYZ thing, take a second and think, am I eating this for the social aspect of it? Does my body actually need this fuel right now? And what are my goals? Because mm -hmm. again, it's not necessarily that one extra roll that's going to mess you up, but it's that one extra roll every single day for the next six months. That's going to be a difference. Yep. It adds up. And the thing that like it tastes good right now, mm -hmm. right? Tastes yep. good right now. But you know, if you focus on the now, you're going to get what actions you take on it. You're going to be the same. Yep. hundred percent. If you focus on the now, you're not going to change anything. Right. Right. Yep. Unless you change, mm -hmm. like unless you make those changes, yep. um, kind of going off of that then, you know, <clears throat> I want to be able to leave, especially when going through bringing, you know, different individuals coming out of the podcast, even with you is like, you know, looking at the the tools we've used, right? Whether, it, you know, experiencing more of the outdoors, um, you know, of course, fitness, right? And just the conversation here is like, all right, well, how, you know, what is your lifestyle? How has gone through like going through like physical fitness, 75 hard, some of those different little know hopefully be able to take nuggets away for different individuals out there to go apply it to their life um in the fitness side of things right and living a lifestyle and experiencing the outdoors like if you were talking to someone because i can think of a handful of friends right who their dream was to go on an elk hunt right that mm -hmm. like lifetime dream or there's so many different things they'd love to be able to do but they can't do it because maybe their overall weight Mm -hmm. their physical capabilities yep. like what would you tell them or where to kind of go through and start yeah i mean so to start off uh, for example elk so elk is definitely my favorite big game animal it's it's evolved over time um but you know just from the first time i heard an elk bugle in the mountains like i mean it was game Unreal. over for me yeah. I was hooked. oh yeah and even before that when like i said brent um got that elk when we were together and i walked up on it i was just like and it, he wasn't a huge one. He was yeah. a good size elk. But, you know, just seeing the whole process and also being overwhelmed, having to clean it oh, yeah. and not knowing how to even do that. Like, yep. you know, it just it, it's a whole process. Like but how are we getting this thing out of this mountain right exactly, now? Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. And we had we had a ton of people that came in. It still took a while to get out. But either way, um, I would start by simply seeing where you're at, evaluating where you're at. And if you need to lose weight. I'd recommend shedding some pounds because again, that means you can carry more on the way out. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and then training, you know, if you're a flatlander, as we'd say, like <laughs> East coast, uh, you know, there's only so much you can do to train for elevation. Mm -hmm. I'd recommend getting to the mountains as much as possible, but you know, you can do stair stepper. You can go out. If you're on the beach, go walk the beach with a ruck. I mean, mm -hmm. that's not hard or it's not easy to do. No. Um, you know, that sand is nasty and, no. and, yep. and will slip under your feet. But, uh, you know, evaluate your training. Are you really putting everything in to your training that you need to? Um, are you doing enough cardio? And then, of course, your your diet, you know, yep. whatever your diet is. If you need to lose weight, then go for it. Well, that's I was going to ask, like, when you like changing that, like. With taking those steps there, what's been the biggest thing that's helped you? Yeah. Hmm. outside like of course there's 75 R and the discipline yeah. mental discipline but like when you think like whether it's diet nutrition physical like exercise what what allowed you to stay consistent right so what allowed me to stay consistent that's a really good question um again it's just your goals like what what are you wanting to do 
Yeah. Now wanting to be the last one on the mountain is a big deal for me. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily need to be a first, but I also don't want to be the reason why my friends get held back mm-hmm. while we're up there. That That's a big one. Um, I also want to be able to share this with my kids, my grandkids. Yep. Um, I love the first time it wasn't with elk, uh, but my kids seeing turkeys mm-hmm. and deer and then they did, they could see them with their naked eye, but also being able to see them up close, teaching them how to use binoculars, things like that, seeing their faces light up and talking to them about the mommy deer, the daddy deer, the baby deer, stuff like that, and, and why we hunt certain times of the year, et cetera. Um, all of those reasons are, are big ones for me. You have to find your own motivation. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Is it a big accomplishment for you to come out? Maybe you're out east. And you're only going to go get to come out for elk once every five years, once every 10 years, maybe once in your lifetime. Right. Uh, but I, I would definitely say find, find that motivation and don't let it be based on someone else. Right. That's because good. they, yeah. they will, I hate to say it, more than likely disappoint you. Right. I think that's huge when it comes even like significant others and all that kind of stuff too. Huge in that piece. The um, looking at, Outside of that, then, you know, moving, of course, being able to use physical fitness, getting out, experiencing more there. Like, when you think about people, right, or maybe they're, you know, mentors, right? I I always thought back, like, when I was younger, it's like everyone talks like they have these mentors, X, Mm -hmm. Y, and Z, and I thought I had to find this special person, (laughs) right? Like, realize, like, those people, like, they're much closer to you than an ex like accessible than you think they are. Mm -hmm. Like when, whether it's books you've read, whether it's individuals you've surrounded yourself by, like who have been some different impactful individuals in your life or different resources to that have allowed you to experience, whether it's more of the outdoors and just honestly be like, find that progress moving Mm -hmm. forward. Yeah. So again, going back to Brent, um, he was a big reason. Uh, and like I said, I've always been into fitness, so he never really pushed the fitness aspect. Yeah. Um, and he went about it in a very uh, awesome way. I, I do recommend people find a mentor. Um, it could be really hard to conquer the mountains or take, take on the mountains by yourself, especially if you yeah. don't live in them and you're not used to, accustomed to being in them in the dark, camping by yourself. All of those things are a lot of reasons why people don't make it hunting. Uh, they make excuses in their mind. You come back to your, your spouse and you're like, oh, well, the weather wasn't good, whatever. In all reality, you were scared of the dark. Like, let's be honest. There's a lot of people that are scared of the dark. Mm-hmm. And I've had to overcome that. It's not easy. And I still sometimes things creep into my mind like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Your mind makes things up. Uh, the killer jackrabbit. I know, right? Yeah, you see those. You see those shiny eyes and it just turns out to be a deer and you thought it was a mountain lion or something, you know, just whatever. But all these things can can come up. And in all reality, having someone there that can I wouldn't recommend necessarily you need to find someone that would do it for you. I I would recommend against that, actually. And if you're out there mentoring someone, don't do it for them. Have them not financially necessarily, but have them buy in and go a little bit. Have, yeah. have a little bit of pain to suffer through. Oh, yeah. um, you know, like Brent didn't ask me to go out and buy the newest and greatest backpack boots. Like I used my hiking boots for the first couple of years. I yep. used a non, a not really good weight, like it wouldn't carry weight backpack yep. um, when I was going hunting. I bought a, a cheap rifle. Like yep. I didn't go all out and, and suffer a little bit. You know, the, when I put some weight on my back, those boots that I had, 
didn't feel very comfortable. I could feel every stick and rock underneath my feet. Yep. But uh, I suffered through that and realized, okay, now I need to invest in some nicer boots. Now I need a nicer backpack because I'm, this is getting a little serious. We're actually putting some animals on the ground. Mm -hmm. I want to carry more weight and ha not be carrying it on my shoulders. Yeah. I want it to be distributed properly like a frame backpack will do. Things like that. But when it goes back to, again, going back to mentors, um, just basically finding someone who, and you can find these people out pretty easily, but are, are ethical, respectful to the animals, uh, and also will kind of point you in the right direction, but won't hold your hand necessarily. They'll say, hey, you need to buy a tag. Here's where you go and do that. Drop it there, right? You have to do the research because, again, that's your buy-in, right? Yep. Uh, teach, you, uh, teach you how to fish versus give you the fish. Exactly, yep. exactly. And Brent did an amazing job with that, and he's talked to me, uh, about quite he's he's introduced quite a few people and he's like it's funny because i take the same approach with everyone he said you're the one that took it to a whole new level to the point where they come to me now and ask me for gear suggestions because like i'm just the gear junkie and I, i'm i'm right. doing all the research i'm doing all the e-scouting i'm doing all this stuff that he probably doesn't have time for because now he runs a, a cpa firm but uh anyway become become and assets to your group i guess would be what, yep. it, what it boils down to um find your niche you may not be the gear junkie like me but maybe you're the super positive person in the group maybe you uh become the pack mule maybe you, whatever find your niche and and target that and mm -hmm. become really good at that and contribute to your group and then build up two or three friends that consistently go hunting with you you know um that are willing to go rucking with you Whatever it is to train, or maybe you guys have to train separate because of your schedules, that's fine, but hold each other accountable through text messages, phone calls, whatever, social media, yep. and, and make sure that you guys are, are doing what you need to do so that uh, you, know, you, can, you can end up achieving that goal. Because mm -hmm. it is extremely hard to hunt solo. So Brent was a big mentor, and then um, I found just through going, eventually I wanted to get into archery. So I did rifle hunting for a while. And then um, Brent kind of like was nudging me towards archery because he doesn't really have anyone that yeah. archery hunts. And uh, I finally was like, okay, fine. So I started researching things. Again, you can kind of weed out the people, especially on YouTube, social media, that are trying to sell you something versus someone who's just trying to provide you with knowledge. A big one for me was Dan from Elk Shape. Uh, Dan is just a stud of an individual. He loves his stuff. He's yep. very, very yep. driven and focused on killing an elk every single year. That's his one goal for each and every year. And and so I noticed that. And yes, he's obviously sponsored. He's got these companies that he works with. But he doesn't try and sell you those things. He gives you his honest feedback and his opinion, yep. whether it be on the bow, the boots, the backpack, whatever it is. I've seen his progress, too, throughout the years and how he's handled different mm -hmm. situations. But he was a big mentor from afar until I went to one of his camps and actually got to know him personally. Um, so I'd say between Brent and Dan, I mean, those two were probably the biggest two <clears throat> for me. And that, so like, of course you met, or you, you found Dan through like through his podcast or it was <clears throat> YouTube because I was looking yeah. up what bow to buy, what I'm looking for, right. et cetera. Right. Well, and that's, I kind of make that point is like, they're not people that you're going to meet just face to face mm -hmm. directly right off the bat, right? Like you could, it might be through a podcast. It yep. might be through YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, 
find those people that you do, you look up to, and you can really tell when someone's trying to feed you just a bunch of BS, mm-hmm. right? And that's, that's something I mean, just even from doing a podcast with Dan, jumped on his a while back, like just a stand up, mm-hmm. like genuine individual who loves to do what he does mm-hmm. and he is all in. Like that's even like, of course, whether, whatever sponsors there might be there, like the only thing he's selling is hard work. And I know he goes through and he talks about that, you know, and that's that, that mentality going forward, you could tell what someone's really about. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, getting those people and then having the opportunity to go through and actually meet them in person, do that and solidify that. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, he's just one of those individuals that with or without social media, he'd still be doing the same thing. Oh, hundred percent. You just yep. wouldn't know about it. Yep. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and yep. there's plenty of those individuals too out there yep. that go out there. There's plenty of, yeah, I say killers. It seems kind of like a, a rough term, but in all reality, there's people that that fill their tags every single year, multiple tags, different states, and you never hear about them with monsters. Because, yeah, because right? they yep. don't care about yep. the fame, and they're not trying to necessarily teach anyone else. They like their honey holes, and they go there and right. they share it with a very close knit group of people. Um, but yeah, it's finding those people that that are genuine, that want you to be better, mm-hmm. and. I mean, that's really it. You know, they want you, they'll, they'll ask for you to do a buy-in, you know, maybe not financially, mm-hmm. um, but to do your own research, they'll again, point you in the right direction and get you going, but you have to do the rest. And that's how, you know, a good mentor from someone who either uh, uh, is basically going to do the work right. for you and then you don't learn anything from it. Right. You know, I think that's a good point. You may like, you know, have that buy-in, but it might not be financial right but you could also see hey it might be financial in the sense of going to dan's elk shoot mm-hmm. right yep. or like his uh camp um and any other things that are out there and what i think about in that is it's not just going to a camp or going to a different whatever seminar or things of that nature like start surrounding yourself by people by mm-hmm. the thing the things that you want to do and digesting that information yep. right and then work towards it because that's where those different mentors come from. You start surrounding yourself by those mm-hmm. friends. You are what you surround yourself yep. in that like, right. And that comes, I mean, books, all that stuff. Yep, exactly. And that's another thing too. So like some people have, I guess, uh, worries or fears or anxiety about asking questions. One way that I overcame that was by getting myself as educated as possible whether it be about bows, before I walked into Wild Arrow Archery, I didn't walk in there and say, well, give me the best thing you got. Like that, that sorry, yeah. but yeah. that's stupid. Yeah. Like, don't do that. Don't I, don't go in acting all cocky. Don't go yeah. in expecting them to tell you what to do. Go in and say, hey, look, I've, I've researched this and this. Here's my goals. Maybe give, point me in some, again, point me in the right direction. Don't do it for me. Point me in the right direction. And, and then go back and do some more research have educated conversations with them. And, and there's a lot of things too. So like, yes, there's the buy-in for elk shape camp, but my first elk shape camp I went to for free because I earned it at through his December chub challenge. And because I, I didn't want any of the other prizes that he was giving out. I wanted the education from him. And that was the biggest prize for me. I still think it's the best. He gives out some amazing prizes, but for me, it's still the best one out there being able to go to that camp. And so you can still earn things through physical work, yeah. right? It wasn't in my budget to be able to make it that year. 
but I earned it. Yep. And I was so very grateful for that. You know, yeah. that was a big deal for me. So anyway, um, those are all great things that you can do and you can mm -hmm. earn them through work. Yep. That's yeah. your buy-in. Yep. Work comes before the belief. When uh, kind of to get in the point of wrapping it up and everything here, you know, kind of last little pieces, you've had this evolution through your freaking nerd. <laughs> I was like my brain, I was having, having conversations with a couple of buddies, Evan and Nick and everything tonight. And I'm just trying to take it all in. I'm like my brain was spinning as they're, you know, diving deep down into this very meticulous wormhole. Right. Like they're going into the, the freaking NASA, like, <laughs> stats of oh, bow flight like flight and all that stuff and fletchings like, um, yeah fletchings yeah. and all these different things and i'm like right so grew up on a farm you know i like to set up a deer stand and go back draw back do all that stuff like getting more into it of course learning it but it was like drinking from a fire hydrant of so many different areas which is good and that's yeah. something that i personally like i want to be able to surround myself even more so by those things and it's like i learned little bit different or maybe a little bit slower i have to be able to put my hands on it i'm very hands-on in that sense mm -hmm. um when it comes to tools <laughs> right um and of course you've gone from like you said earlier maybe a you know um, a cheaper gun right yeah. or a cheaper bow right like you don't that that's the biggest thing when getting new hunters and people into the outdoors, whether you're a hunter, fisher, hiker, anything like you don't need the $300 fishing rod. You don't need the tw like $2,000 bow. You can go get a Walmart special to just start out. Right. By all means, move. if it's in your budget, go for it, but don't yeah, feel like you need right. to break the bank to have a good experience. Exactly. So like for you though, <clears throat> with that, what would you say? Some of the best advice in different gear or things like, tools that you've used to be able to experience more of the outdoors mm -hmm. and that you feel are like, you know, if you're going to get something in some capacity, what would you recommend? I mean, there's two, there's two, I guess, methods of thought behind that. One would be, um, put in the sacrifice by saving up and getting the best so that you buy, buy once, cry once kind of deal. Mm -hmm. Um, I like that school of thought because Again, if you go through and you purchase a bunch, like if you're, if you're planning on being this long-term, you're like, well, I'm going to buy this here, buy this here. But by the time you've gone through and bought all the cheap stuff that's going to wear out in a year or mm. less, you could have bought the nicer right. thing if you just sacrificed for a year. So that's one school of thought. The other school of thought is, well, I'm going to dabble in this and I can't really afford the nicer thing. Mm -hmm. So then that's fine. Go in and, and buy what you can, again, what you can afford, what is reasonable for you. Don't go break the bank feeling like you need to have that to have the best experience out there. Cause you don't, you don't need the nicest thing. Mm -hmm. The nicest thing may make it a little bit better, but that's not going to determine whether or not you're going to have a good experience. I was, I was going to say it doesn't determine whether or not you're going to be successful. Yeah. Like exactly. at the end of the day, like you could put you can paint a turd gold, but yep. that is still a turd. Well, I'm, and this year, like I felt like I had the best setup that I've had yep. ever. And I didn't, I still didn't punch my elk tag. Yep. So, you know, yeah. I like, I went down, <laughs> way down the rabbit hole. I got the nicest uh, boots. You're too damn been, nice though. That's the reason that like, you're going out helping everyone else <laughs> in the mountain, packing their stuff yeah. out. And it's like, no, you shoot it. No, you shoot it. It's <laughs> like, no, no, you like, uh, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. You make me laugh and cough. 
Hold on. <laughs> Take right. a we're, drink. Don't worry. I'm gonna. We're, we're sending them back to the grave. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but in all reality, like it doesn't it doesn't mean you're going to be successful, right? Uh, as far as punching a tag, and uh, but but definitely don't don't let not having the nicest backpack, not having the nicest gear, uh, keep you from getting out there. If yep. you can afford a cheaper bow, as long as it's within, you know, as long as you can hit your target. Yeah. And it's within the regulations that whatever your state has set up as far as poundage and uh, velocity of your arrow, things like that. Um, as long as you're meeting all those standards, just go with it. You mm -hmm. don't have to have the flagship bow. You yeah. don't. And even if, you know, even if, again, you can wait a year, sacrifice for that year, go out on hunts with other people. That's another thing I would recommend. Maybe not, don't get a tag this year. Right. Go out. Hunt with someone else. Ask learn how friend, to glass. Ask a friend. Like, hey, I know you hunt. Like, it's not. It's it's a lot less scary than yeah. people think it is. Like, shoot, it's same with Sean. I got asked the other day with people at headquarters. Like, I know you hunt. Like, hey, next time you go out, can I come? Yep. Like, dude, that's the coolest shit in the world in my book. Like, have people come up and do that. Yeah, don't be afraid of that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, that's that's exactly what I did with Brent was asked to go on a hunt with him because I, I can't remember what it was. He brought up hunting. I saw some mounts in his garage, something like that. And just go on a hunt. Again, you don't need to you don't even need to buy in on anything. Just go hike with them. And again, offer like be an asset. Don't be don't just take but be an asset and be willing to you know maybe bring some knives to help clean the animal. Uh, bring some binoculars or ask, you know, if they snacks. have a, yeah, exactly. Snacks. Exactly. <laughs> be the snack guy. I'm definitely the snack guy. Like, you know, bring, but be an asset as much as you can and then soak up as much as you can, you know, and just remember as again, as much as possible and then have genuine conversations, have done some research before so that you're not up there just saying, Tell me everything because no one really wants to go into that kind of conversation again, whether it's with a bow shop, um, hunting in general, <clears throat> excuse me. No one really wants to just like answer, answer that question. That's so broad, right. you know? Yeah. Something to add, add on to that and go off that point. Like, you know, asking friends, cause there's going to be hope of course, having a good handful of people who listen to this podcast who don't hunt, Right. And be able to bridge that gap, bringing new people into the, the hunting space. I mean, everything all outdoors, but when looking at the outdoors hunting there, going through like, of course, asking the questions, you know, asking if you can go along, but also being <coughs> comfortable enough with the idea like, hey, if someone says no, that doesn't mean no with everyone. Right. There are different individuals who might have, you know, it might be only a thing they do with their kids right or maybe they have only a certain piece of land like you can't expect those people to do it mm -hmm. um i think that's something to go because i could see how you know someone new coming into it they ask someone and maybe that's maybe that's not your mentor maybe that's not the individual who you you know is going to take you out and do that just because you know they go through and hunt or do those things i would hope like for me personally i look at it i love being able to go out and take people on first experiences and doing those things and get them involved. But like you had said er earlier, it's like, it's earned provide mm -hmm. value. Don't just mm -hmm. start going and asking thinking you're going to get to go out hunting with everyone else, their mother, brother, you know, <laughs> kitchen sink. 
just because you start asking, like you got to be able to pay your dues in that kind of sense too. Exactly. Yeah. And that, the value exchange, that's another big thing that I've learned through live hard, listening to Andy Frisella's podcast, be an asset. Don't just take, right. And obviously you can only provide a small amount at the beginning, Mm -hmm. but understand that you're in it to either maybe, you know, Brent, for example, the only reason he really needs me anymore at this point is one for, uh, you know, just having fun in the mountains and two to help him pack out animals. Like he's been hunting way longer than me. I can't really teach him anything. I provide value in return by sharing what I love about, you know, being a gear junkie, providing my legs and back and another set of eyes when I'm up there to help glass. Yep. Um, but realizing that, you know, for me, I've been able to turn around and help other people a ton. Like this year, like you mentioned earlier, I was able to, I don't even remember how many animals I helped clean and pack out that weren't mine. And most of them were complete strangers that I met while I was up hunting and I knew they were hunting. So I told them, Hey, I've seen some XYZ animal over here. Uh, These are some spots that I would check out if I were you. And here's my phone number. When, when you get an animal, call me, text me, and I'll come up here and help you pack out. I'm glad you bring that up. Like I'm, I'm, we're not going to go into whole detail on there because I know you still have to read, read your 10 pages and do all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to be like two in the morning or pretty soon. <laughs> um, but to just touch note on that, cause it, it hits so true and we'll end up doing another one of these down the line, but you know, that whole experience more, right. And not looking at it, it's not just a me, 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 me thing. Right. But it's like, how can we help other people as some new that has stood really out with you over, I mean, just the last couple seasons, um, to where I haven't gotten an elk, right? But yeah, you packed out how many animals now? I don't even know. Yeah. Double digits. <laughs> Double yeah. digits, right? And it's like, but it's doing those little things like passing it on. I mean, having the conversations with the guys, guys and girls at the trailhead, meeting people up on the mountain and not having the mentality like, this is my mountain, right? Yeah. Like, it's, if you're on public land, like, you are sharing the land with other individuals. Understand that you, like, you don't have this land. It's not yours, right? It's not your right to be able to just own it, right? It's really, it's a privilege to be able to have that property, to be able to be, be out there and experience it mm-hmm. and, and have fun. You have to look at every other person on that hill as if they're, they're a friend, they're doing the same thing you love to do. So like having that conversation and building those relationships is a really, really cool thing I've watched you do. Exactly. And again, that's that's something that I know that I can give. If you don't have the time to help someone pack out, don't offer it. Don't, yeah. don't be that <laughs> You're going to be there. Yeah. 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 Yep, yep. Exactly. But also my wife, like just, again, not delving too much into it, but one night I had given this guy my number. Um, he texted me right after we were getting done with dinner, and I showed my wife, and she was like, you better get up there. So, I again, I've built that relationship with my wife so that she understands that this is me giving back uh to whether you want to say conservation other hunters uh but i've i was provided a ton of value by dan brent and all all the other people that have helped mentor me along the way that this is how i can give back i may not be able to have spent all evening with that guy up there hunting again that was his buy-in he went up and he he got the animal on his own my ability to help was provide an extra set of hands to help clean the animal uh, legs and back to help pack it out. And so, you know, those are things that I can give back. Maybe your way of giving back is other ways. You find, mm-hmm. again, find what you're good at, find what you are capable of doing and be willing to give back. Again, not just me, 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 not just take, 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 but 
being that value exchange portion uh, or have have that value exchange mindset you're learning you're absorbing you're taking and hopefully multiply that and spread it mm-hmm. and that instead of infighting all the other crap that we deal with yep. in the outdoors and hunting community Dude, which, yeah, there's, yeah there's 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 too much of it you see it in the different forms the different platforms like we need to we need to do a lot better job as just individuals being better better humans better brother and sisters who love to go through and do that different stuff the and I, that's, I mean, I think about, you know, the one of the main key essences of this <clears throat> this podcast in a whole is I hope that each and every one of you guys can go out and actually take something from this, take something from um, Jonathan's experiences, right? Be able to apply it to your life, right? Apply it to your life so well that just like, you know, Jonathan's taking the little nuggets that he's learned and now he's going through and helping other people like, you can take it and pass it on to your kids, mm-hmm. to your friends, your family. It whether that is facets in the fitness, the diet, the nutrition, the mindset, into the the outdoors, hunting, fishing, hiking, any of those different things. Take what you learn from here and be able to go through and, and pass it on. Like that is like the entire purpose of this podcast is to be able to have those experiences, tell those stories, and pass it on to generations. So exactly. but I appreciate you coming on being on here i feel like i've gone easy on you because there's been many times where i wanted to like definitely cut in i'm like jake let him talk let him talk Mm -hmm. um but definitely i know that's hard for you dude you have no idea (laughs) um no i just appreciate you coming on definitely respect the hell out of you um where can everyone go through find you they want to connect with you um what do you got yeah so again thanks for the opportunity to be on the podcast it's I'm excited for your podcast getting started up. Um, I've got a podcast as well, guys, Redbeard Outdoors. Uh, it's all the same as far as the logo is concerned uh, with the he podcast. looks exactly like the logo. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> exactly. If I wore, if I wore more sunglasses. Uh, but, yeah, definitely. So Redbeard Outdoors on your favorite podcast platforms. YouTube as well. I started posting there um, since September. You can go watch my gear reviews on Mondays especially and the conversations that I get to have as well. Um, and then of course on Instagram, I'm pretty active there. Uh, and you know, we've got first form outdoors, Facebook group. I'm, I'm active on there. And then I've got my own Facebook group as well, which is the red beards fit crew. So kind of all of those places uh, is where you can find me, but definitely if you want to reach out, um, I'd say reach out to me on Instagram, pretty active there. Uh, and that's red dot beard dot outdoors because you know, offered to buy red beard outdoors from someone and they haven't responded. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's just red dot beard dot outdoors on Instagram. All right. We're going to take this one on the moon, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's awesome. Well, all right, guys, appreciate you chiming in, jumping into this episode. Um, as always, can't thank you guys enough for the, the reviews, the feedbacks, uh, like shares, all those different things. Honestly, if you guys did get anything from the podcast, made you laugh, laugh, made you think any way, shape or form. Um, you know, if you like it, go through and share it. It means a lot to me, uh, to be able to go through and actually do those things. And I can only hope that we, we provide more value as time goes on and we're able to connect with more people. So that being said, you guys have a great one. We'll see you next week.